You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about motherhood by the decade. The 2019 U.S. Census data published in the U.S. News article from May of 2022 says that over the past three decades, birth rates have declined for women in their 20s and jumped for women in their late 30s and early 40s. The trend has pushed the median age of U.S. women giving birth from age 27 to age 30, the highest ever on record. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But motherhood has also been coming later in developed countries like Europe and Asia. In the U.S., it could contribute to the nation's population slowdown, since that ability to have children tends to decrease with age, says Kate Choi, a family demographer at Western University in London, Ontario. So we thought it would be interesting to talk to moms who'd had children in each of three decades, the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s, to compare and contrast how motherhood might feel differently depending on the age of the mom. Yeah. This has been a real feat. Moms are busy. <laughs> they are. Things happen. Scheduling is difficult. <laughs> but look, we did it. We're here all we here are. today. We're all here. So let's introduce our guests. Um, today, our mom in her 20s is Emma Goodwin. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. I'm glad to be here again. So just for our listeners who may not have listened to every single episode, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm your daughter. Yes, you are. And You're amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Great mom. I just wish like everyone needs a mom who just followed them around for a day and say all their qualities for the whole entire day. Um, I have a daughter, Dottie Lou. She's a little over a year. I've been married to my husband, Thomas for four years um and how old how old were you when you had Dottie 22 you're about to be 23 in November and you had her in May yeah yeah I think that's right all right that's young so you're a decade Mm -hmm. yeah the 20s decade okay and then we have with us Danielle Cunningham hello hello thanks for having me again you're so welcome tell us about yourself So like she said, I'm Danielle. I've been married to Dustin for almost 12 years. Um, My oldest is Jack. I had him when I was 32. And then we have Kate and I had her when I was 35. Which I loved to remind you that when you were pregnant at 35, what did they say to you at the doctor's office? Um, I was considered um, a geriatric pregnancy. And um, I just thought that that term was like archaic like surely we've come up with something (laughs) more appropriate at this point but no we had not I I, honestly I thought it was so funny because I didn't think that was old no right and I thought not anymore not according to your statistics right exactly if everybody's having their first one at 30 how can 35 be geriatric Mm -hmm. and speaking of that we've got somebody who had a baby at 43 (laughs) yes I did (laughs) all right Stephanie you're you're a returning guest as well but tell people about yourself please uh my name is Stephanie Wolf I am a mother of four children my oldest is 23 and my youngest is six um I had the oldest one at 27 and the youngest, I was 43. Yep. That's amazing. When I found out you were pregnant, we've known Stephanie since college, David and I have. And I 
I just felt instantly tired when I heard <laughs> I mean, happy Me after too. that, but the, but the instant, the first gut reaction was fatigue mm-hmm. on your behalf. <laughs> and I will say they have, at least on my paperwork, uh, the paper, the label changed. It's now advanced maternal age. Okay, that's but, that's kinder. It is that's kinder, much more but kind. It was circled in red on every paper. <laughs> <laughs> alert! Alert! <laughs> Danger. Well, I was twenty-seven when I had my first, and then um, thirty when the second was born. Exactly the same for me. I was twenty-seven and thirty, and I, I felt like you know, we waited five years to, before we had. Yeah, we did Emma. too. And I, because I felt like that I was totally not ready I wanted to do a bunch of other stuff and before I had a child and still at 27 I, w- I don't think you're ever really ready I don't know that that was like <laughs> no. beneficial in any way <laughs> you think that, you're ready yeah. but you're not really no ready. No. no so yeah. I want to look into the reasons um, you all had children at the, the particular decades that we're talking about so um, we'll just start with you Emma um each family's decision to have a child is personal to them. And we do want to recognize before we start this part of the conversation that infertility and pregnancy loss can play a part in the timing that's not necessarily part of your plans or expectations. But, um, yeah, you were young, according to the number that we're looking at now. So what what went into your decision? Was that you on purpose? Thomas? Yeah. These are personal questions. Feel free to say none yet. No, that's okay. All my 20-something friends also want to know all these things <laughs> because they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We had a couple of Europe trips planned <laughs> and um, a few cruises before we decided to have a kid. So um, do you want to go to Europe with a baby? The answer is maybe. But um, we just knew when Thomas and I got married, we wanted to have a large family um, if that's what God had for us we were just kind of open-ended on the size of our family which when you say that people are like you want 12 kids you want 13 kids how many kids do you want and like the answer is okay probably not 12 but we would like a big family we really like the idea of that we've seen examples of really happy large families and how it can be done really well and that is inspiring to us so we knew just like time science like you have to start early yeah the math of that if you don't want to have a kid and then immediately start trying for another child like we just needed to give ourselves time to allow that to be a possibility and so once we both graduated college and um, got into a house that was pretty much that was it and then yeah there we started then ta-da Yep. Yeah, and, and by God's graciousness, it didn't take you very long to get pregnant. I, see, okay, that's the other thing. I was very naive to how long it normally takes someone to get pregnant. So we went, like, you know, you and your husband go to the OB for your first appointment, and the doctor comes in, and, like, one of the first questions she asked was, so how long did it take? Did it take very long? Were you trying? And I was like, yeah, three months. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, that's that's very short. <laughs> and I was like, well, we, I've been wanting a baby for three months. That seems kind of like a while. And she was like, no, no, no. And we went home and like looked up the average. And that's like the very lowest end of the average. God was gracious to my really naive heart and just answered that prayer really quickly. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's jump to the other end of the spectrum, which is Stephanie. So I'm going to pretend you didn't have your first three. <laughs> and let's focus on the last one because that's mm-hmm. the the decade we're in. So what made you decide after how, and well, let's 
first say how many years between your third and the last uh ooh. quite a few yeah he i think he was nine or 11 okay so then what made you think at 42 whatever you were that you know i think we need to have another one well like emma i wanted 12 children like i really did and um but god had other plans for us and so i was always open to more children Mm -hmm. and so it was a huge huge blessing were you surprised i know that's what i'm thinking tell (laughs) us what it was like when you thought hey i think i'm pregnant and like what what um, is happening in your head with your a nine year old and a college bound yeah joy oh uh, joy yeah Aww. yeah hundred percent that's yeah. awesome How of course okay. it would be okay and what about what about your husband when you like tell us the moment you told him um he he was excited too I mean he he knew this it had been years of us wanting more mm-hmm. so yeah and then just all of a sudden. Oh. She's sweet. She started kindergarten this year, right? She did. She's in She's kindergarten. A beautiful little yeah. pumpkin. <laughs> oh. Very cool. And Danielle? So we were married, I guess, six years before we had Jack. And that was us just um, choosing to get to know each other better, spending our time together, doing the trips and cruises like Emma talked about. Um, and we tried for one month. And got pregnant with Jack. And I, you know, like I know biology. I understand that. I've been taught that. But still, whenever you tried one time and then you see the positive, you're like, it really does work. (laughs) It was shocking to me. Um, I don't know why. And then with Kate, we had what's called secondary infertility, which is a term that I had not heard before. And we tried for two years to get pregnant with Kate and had given up. We're completely happy with our family of three. And then um, all of a sudden I was pregnant when we weren't even anticipating it. And it has been the most fun, but I'm telling y'all that girl came in like a wrecking ball <laughs> and um, it's been a ride, but um, God was generous to us with the timing because had we had her as close to Jack as we had originally planned and wanted it, I, I mentally would have not been able to handle that. So I think that was God's generous grace to me by spacing them out further. I love that. I, I kind of remember the moments that I found out about each one of you being pregnant. And so I remember going over to your house during the throes of COVID. Yes. Sitting eight feet apart on your front lawn (laughs) under that beautiful tree. And you telling me I was freaking out. I was so happy. Yeah. I remember, I vividly remember that moment too. That was a sweet time. It was such a sweet time. And that, you know, when I met you, you were pregnant with Jack. Oh yeah. I was like 30, Five weeks pregnant, large yeah. and in charge. So I did mm-hmm. not know that you had just, boom, immediately gotten pregnant yes. with him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What, yeah. That's really probably a lot of um, hope for maybe some moms who are listening and having a similar experience with waiting to mm-hmm. get, trying to get pregnant to hear you and Stephanie say, hey, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Different times down the road. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's worth noting we talked about the birth rates and things at the um, beginning of this podcast, but the average age of marriage itself has increased in the United States to 34. That so, is super old. 34? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm the heck? guessing that's probably why Who here is under 34? <laughs> I mean, me. I know. It's weird. The average age, although I would say your friend groups, Emma, are, are kind of changing that. They're, they're not um, 
I know a lot of young people at 21, 22, 23 getting married. Mm. I think like, but we have a very like unique subset of the entire population that like have different family dynamics and goals and priorities and worldview. And so that (laughs) definitely affects like when you want to get married and, and how you view marriage and all that. Yeah. I can remember going and I think we were shopping for something with uh, my daughter and she was saying, yeah, she's going to get married soon, whatever. And the, everybody in the whole store, like, what? Like, how old are you? That's so young. And it's just not a, yeah, the trend is definitely to hire. You have to be sowing your oats and all other kinds of things before you get married. Um, and I know in today's culture, you can purposefully have a child without being married. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's probably an app for that. I don't know. But um, ideally, traditionally, marriage would offer the secure environment that you would want or need before having a child, right? Two parent families, Definitely more financially stable um, than single parent households, not to mention having somebody to help. Right. So when you were writing this outline and you kind of put that in there about the marriage age and the the benefits of having two parents, I I thought about this book, which I'm going to highly recommend to our listeners. It's called Them Before Us, Why We Need a Global Children's Rights Movement by Katie Faust and Stacey Manning. And they um, really emphasize the unique perspectives and blessings um, a mother and a father bring. So they they say there's no such thing as parenting. There's mothering and fathering. Mm-hmm. And they, they use the, those words in particular ways because, uh, just to quote from the book, they say, to thrive outside the womb, children require three nutrients in their socio-emotional diet, their father's love, their mother's love, and stability. The marriage of their mother and father is a child's best chance for household stability. When a father leaves, stability often leaves with him, and the risk of childhood traumas that lie at the heart of so many of our social problems skyrockets. Now, that is not a doom and gloom. There's lots of good information here, more than we can talk about today, about um, how you can mitigate that. But what they're talking about is um, statistical data Mm -hmm. (laughs) suggests that the reality is a mother and a father in a married relationship provides the most benefit to a child. And just one more super interesting fact that I think we should do a podcast on sometime, Bonnie, is she said that uh, Pat Fagan is a child psychologist who in her studies noted that when children witnessed their own mother and father loving one another, they felt like their parents were loving them. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, in her opinion, the mother-father bond is the only human relationship through which someone can experience love indirectly. And that's a love experience exclusively by a child. So super important. We, we, we want to recognize that this is a broken world and there's lots of ways that beautiful mm-hmm. standard falls apart. But it is the standard um, for human flourishing and has been recognized throughout all cultures, throughout all of history. And when they fail to recognize it, it, it's to their detriment. Right. I mean, so obviously all of you guys in our podcast today <laughs> fall into that category with a mother-father relationship at home. But check out Nanielle and yours podcast that we did about mother loss. Um, mm. If you if you haven't heard that, it's really excellent and, and really, um, I just shows the ripple effects of how, of what, how that happens and how you overcome. And, and just things you can watch out for. I love, that's one of my favorite podcasts right. that we've done. Thank you. 
and there's hope too that overcome word is very absolutely. important that nothing can, can be overcome so yeah um so i do want to start with danielle since having your baby a, a baby in your 30s is currently apparently on trend so good for you i, for knew, it. I knew it yeah <laughs> right with that so it seems like kind of a sweet spot you've had that time to go to school if you wanted to you worked on a career for a little while or vacation saved a little money been married for a minute and kind of become more comfortable with you i think yes. you in your 30s is very different than you in your 20s um so does that ring true for you 100 percent. i just remember um a, the thing that sticks out to me is how solid dustin and i were by the time we had jack because um some of you may know i'm a pretty picky eater and people were bringing us food after we had jack our church family showed up i did not cook for an entire month and Dustin would fix my plate and bring it to me. And I just remember thinking, if we had just gotten married and immediately have a baby, he would not know that this is the exact piece of chicken I wanted. Like, <laughs> he is so good to me. And it um, that's just a very super superficial example of just how he was able to just know what I needed without me having to ask. And yes, um, there was a learning curve, and it was not all roses, but... Um, the fact that we had already solidified a lot of things between ourselves and that I felt more comfortable. I think 30s has just been the very best decade I've had so far. Mm -hmm. And I just was very comfortable with myself. I think it um, it was very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. So contrast that with your experience, Emma. Y'all were married, uh, well, you were married three years when Dottie was born, which means you were pregnant when when you had been married two years. And what was your experience? Um, I mean, I also feel like I feel like Thomas and I were in a solid place, although I don't have the amount of time to compare to in a different spot, like Danielle just said. So maybe if we had had Dottie at a different time, I would have felt like, wow, we are like, we know each other so much better. Like that just comes naturally with time. But ignorance is bliss. So we felt great, <laughs> you know, and I still would say that. I still would say like we were in a good spot as well. We were um, on the same page, which I was really grateful for. Um, other friends I have in my 20s who are just getting married or talking about getting married, a lot of them, and I don't want to group every 20-year-old together, a lot of them are like, I'd love to have kids, but my boyfriend, fiance, husband doesn't want them till we're 30, and I want them now. And that is something every couple needs to work out on their own. But I was so grateful that I didn't have to like drag Thomas along mm. <laughs> into my idea of what um, like my ideal family looked like. He was on board, like he was a team player. And that made even the hardest days easier, knowing that we're navigating this together. He wants this too. We feel like we're in over our head sometimes, but like it's together mm -hmm. and that's good. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll just remind our listeners that statistic that is so encouraging to me is that couples who face difficulties and get on the other side of them report higher levels of happiness than before they face the difficulties. So like we, when we do work together and move through the hard patches, you find yourself even happier. I think you could say that too, both of you, Danielle and Stephanie. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So in your 20s, just your 20s as a decade, typically you're kind of striving, you're figuring out, maybe you're finishing school, maybe you're starting out in the career, or you don't, most 20 year olds I know, don't have a full sense of who they are yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you're having a kid, oh, I was 27, late 20s. But I didn't know, 
want to know stuff at 27. Um, and that affects, I think, how you parent. Because you're supposed to be the wise adult one, you know, passing on all this wisdom to your child. Um, did you find that? Did, do you feel that at all? Or are you just a super extra grounded well, I feel like I'm extra grounded till I'm not. And I'm calling mom one day crying <laughs> at 7 a.m. while I feed my baby oatmeal. So, you know, like, yes, I would say um, we both, Thomas and I, grew up in a family that encouraged us and helped us find our identity in Christ at a faster pace than some people are able to do. But I do not feel like we have all the answers. Mm. And there are days when I feel like, I don't know the weight of raising a child and like, I'm going to answer to God one day over how I raised her. Like that has serious weight. Um, but I think I would feel that weight no matter what the age. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just like, we were starting now. God wouldn't give us a child if he didn't think that we could rise to the occasion. So I kind of am trying to view it as like, we're rising to the occasion. Yeah. Yes. Thomas is still in school. Um, he's getting his master's and Lord willing, he'll be done in December and there'll be a giant party. Everyone's invited because he will be done. <laughs> um, and yes, he works and I'm staying home and I'm just deciding like we're rising to the occasion. It's a growing experience. We're doing things we've never done before. But if we waited five more years, we still would have never done it before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I want to um, compare Stephanie and you, Emma. Um with one question about community because Danielle's in this great spot where everybody's doing it. You know, everybody's got kids in their thirties. You've got a big old group to choose from. I really Lots do. of play date opportunities, yeah. things like that. Okay. Emma, not many of your friends, you just said most of them are just now thinking about maybe getting married or they're figuring out relationships. They're not parents with children. And Stephanie, you had all that mm -hmm. with your first three, but then Maisie comes along and now you're 40 something with a young kid and all the other moms are not like you. Uh, most of the other moms are not no. like you. So how does that affect, talk a little bit about how that affects your community and your um, yeah, ability to find groups to be with? Well, for me, I had to, um, I will say at first it was a little intimidating because I was like oh now I gotta go hang out with younger people and like I'm not cool and <laughs> you know um but I'm over that now because um, <laughs> it's in your 40s and the 40s is an awesome decade yeah because you're over it yeah. like you don't care you know <laughs> as much and um I remember when I was Emma's age or maybe in my 20s people saying that and I'm like yeah I don't. you know I just I couldn't get my head around that mm -hmm. um so um but yeah like I you know, I had my first children with with you all mm -hmm. right there. We're all at the same age, doing everything at the same time, and you just totally in sync with everyone around me. And now it's different, but it's a good different. I've had to, um, or I get to, um, have friendships with all different types of people, different ages. Everyone's in a very unique place. You know, some work, some don't, and it it's really. It's cool. Huh. I like it. So pretty different from your first three Very as far different. as your community goes. Very. I think that's neat. That's really enriching. Yeah. Do you yeah. find um, moms asking you for advice more than maybe when we were all doing it together? Do they look to you? Pro yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I have older children mm -hmm. too. So that's a factor. And one more quick question before Emma jumps in on this. Do you find your perspective to be significantly changed with this one? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, there was a lot more worry when I was younger because I couldn't see the end. And, mm. um, and I was worried that I was doing it wrong. <laughs> um, because you just don't know, mm -hmm. you know, this, this little decision for this day, it's going to ruin her whole life. <laughs> and um, I don't have that anymore. So um, some of that's just age, but some of it is having done it before. Absolutely. So. I would think you'd have so that's what I felt like once mine were grown and Dottie came along. Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, now I know. <laughs> Yeah. Now I know, like, this is worth freaking out over, this is not, yes, and this exactly. too shall pass comes up way quicker in my and, mind. And the whole experience is so fast. You know, anything that, like, like the sleepless nights and all that, I knew it would be over in a blink. And so it didn't affect me nearly as much as it did when I was younger. So that's so, so much wisdom. I wish there. we knew. I wish we could have that right. <laughs> implanted wisdom when we yeah. first start. That would be so helpful. Okay, what about you, Emma? What about how are so your how circles? Are you, how's your circle? Okay, I would say my circle is split. I have 20 something friends who are like on the church softball team, and I like find a babysitter and I go do the 20 something thing. And by babysitter, I mean like mom. <laughs> and we drop Dottie off and she goes to bed, and out I go pretending to be like a wild and free 20 something at the church softball practice. Um, I have a really wild life. And then <laughs> um, and then there are some times where, like last night, I'm in my mom's small group, and I'm younger by not 10 years, but averaging like eight-ish years. And so I just make the jump. And I hope that I like make the jump back and forth in a way where like I'm still cool enough to be in both groups. At one point, I'll probably have to like choose. But yeah, it was harder at first to find a group of people because in my average day-to-day -day life, I would probably run into more 20-somethings. Mm -hmm. And so being able to intentionally find people, at least in a similar life stage of having kids, took a little bit more effort. I would say, Danielle, when you invited me to that mom's small group, because we're in the same one, mm -hmm. that was a game changer. I was like, oh my goodness. We're, we're doing the same things. Your kid is teething too? Like, yeah. Okay, great. Like, we have the stuff to talk about. With my 20-something friends, we're still friends. Do I still send them, like, my cute outfits on Pinterest where I'm like, let's go to brunch and do this? Yeah, okay, but brunch is only once every three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not all the time. Not, so it's just... They don't like, get it. Like, yeah, like yeah. The 30-something yeah. group gets it, yeah. Okay, so um, we'll just recognize that your ability to have children tends to decrease with age a woman's peak reproductive years are between their late teens and late 20s and by age 30 the ability to get pregnant starts to decline and it becomes more rapid once you meet once you reach your mid-30s so by 45 your fertility has typically declined so much that getting preg pregnant naturally is unlikely for most women so, um, I think that's going to be a factor more and more. We should probably do, mm -hmm. um, we have done an interview about infertility with Katie Frazier. That's another shout out for a great, mm -hmm. great encouraging podcast. But, um, let's talk for a minute about what pregnancy and birth does to your body. Because... <laughs> You know, there is a reason you, that you have high fertility in your late teens to late 20s. Um, 
Stephanie, let's start with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, like, inquiring minds want to know, what did it feel like? Because I only have my, my, when I was 27 and 30, and now that I'm 51, I can tell a significant difference in my body, even when I, I keep dotty all day. You know, just the physical toll in my body and, like, how good it is for you to be lifting and bending and stretching. And I just was noticing I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Without a child. So what about pregnancy in your 40s? Um, surprisingly, it felt great. I, I was surprised by that. Um, the biggest difference physically in general um, is that now I sit on the floor again. <laughs> I had stopped sitting on the floor uh, and that's kind of... Didn't think about that one, but yep. You know, it was like hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having her has made me a lot physically younger, at mm-hmm. least the way I feel. Um, I'm I'm on the floor all the time and and way more active than I was before I had her. So I would amen that just with my experience with you having Dottie so young. I'm so appreciative for that, that I didn't just go into my upper 50s and let my body continue to do what it was going to naturally do, which is get stiffer and mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. strong. And I, I'm, it's just so filled with life. And I think our culture tells us opposite that children in the fun end the mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. They, children are a financial burden there. Emma, you even had an appalling comment made by one of your professors who I want to call out right here, but I will not. <laughs> oh yeah. One of my classmates got pregnant in school and decided to keep the baby, which great for her. We're, we're at a secular university. That's really rare. She got pregnant by her boyfriend. Like awesome. And my professor, she looked at her one day in class and goes, it's just a parasite. It's just mm-hmm. taking all of your nutrients until it can live on its own. And I looked at her and I said, like a parasite like the thing that you go to the doctor to get rid of and she was like yeah it can't stand on its own and it just wants to suck all your nutrients and take all the joy out of your life well, that's a perspective for you hmm. yeah. can you imagine how she graded <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is you're thinking it's worse <laughs> but i mean it, that's an that's an extreme example but i think it's a there's a subtle hint of that in the way a lot of us think i think it was part of the way i thought that you know i want to do these fun things before my life stops Mm -hmm. and that is Mm -hmm. not the right narrative no you carry that into your parenting uh psychology yes yes for sure (laughs) that is no good for either of you you're nodding stephanie did you have a similar um thought or do you see that well i remember in my 20s um kind of structuring a lot of my parenting parenting decisions around what would make my life easier mm-hmm. instead of necessarily what was best for not that I did things wrong but, but but that was the goal the goal was for me to have a break or me to have a little bit of freedom and I I don't do that now this mm-hmm. this time around because like I said it's fleeting and I know that yeah um I'm not going to sleep for a while but it's just a little while so I don't know yeah. yeah. Um, I knew a girl who, um, she I think she was married and pregnant by 19. And she was actually, my kids were in her wedding. <laughs> and she bounced back I, so fast. I was amazed because my first child didn't come until over a decade past her age. And it took me a minute, you know, to it takes you nine months to carry that child. It's going to take you a long time to get back to normal afterwards. 
But at 19, she was back up on it. I mean, she lost her all of her weight and was didn't seem to be have any energy problems or sleep issues or anything like that. And I'm thinking, wow, I, I really messed that up. I did something wrong because I'm verging on 30. And that was not my experience at all. <laughs> I will say like, I, I talk about, oh, the sleepless nights is not as big a deal later. But physically it is. It's a much worse situation. <laughs> because when you're younger, it's fun to stay up all night. Like it's easy to stay mm-hmm. up all night. And uh, it's harder, physically harder, but like emotionally and just where I was in my head made it easier. But like the actual physical ability is nothing like like when you're younger. That's an excellent point that there's a physical because we're we're body, soul and spirit. Mm. And so there's different things going on with your body and your soul and your spirit in different decades based on mm-hmm. the wisdom that you glean and your life experience and how your body is behaving. That's so wise because mental health is one of the questions we had on here. Uh-huh. The, the what others think of you or am I doing it wrong or um, issues that you had on your own. Like I, I want to know how that differs between decades. So how were, where were you, Danielle, in your 30s when you had – Jack and Kate, and then now on the other side of that. Oh, (laughs) Um, so I was a very, very happy person before I had my children. And then with each child, I had postpartum depression, and it was worse with Kate. And um, so the older you are when you have children, the more likely you are to have postpartum depression. If you have a C-section, you have a higher risk. And if you've ever had any mental illness stuff um, prior to children, you're at an increased risk also. And I literally had like all three of those factors So it was really rough um, for a while and I got through things with Jack and then I had Kate and I thought it was going to be better because I knew what to look for and it um, it was even worse with Kate and now so Kate is um, 20 months as of yesterday and I feel like I'm coming through the other side of that and able just to see that kind of like what Stephanie has said that it's just a time like you know it's going to pass and it gets better and so I'm still working through that but I mean having a child just changes (laughs) everything and mentally it's a big deal. I want to also mention you did an excellent job with Kate. Um, I knew you better. You probably did a great job with Jack too but um, I, I was more involved in your life mm-hmm. by the time Kate came around. And you did a great job of articulating what you needed to your friend group. Thank you. Can you talk just a, a for example? Yes. So um, every day when the sun started going down after I had Kate, I would just spiral, dissolve into tears, spiral, could not get my life together. And so I reached out to my um, discipleship group and some life group friends. And I was like, I need someone with me and they graciously um so that was from about four to six every afternoon they literally worked out a schedule to come and sit with me they gave up dinner having dinner with their family to come be with my family and it it made all the difference in the world and it was fun (laughs) it turned something that was really hard for you Mm -hmm. into a sweet time like Mm -hmm. who picks up at 4 p.m. and goes hangs out with their friend. It's pretty I, rare. After we finished, I was like, I want to do this again. <laughs> but not for the same reason. For sure. I, I, yes. It was so, it was so precious. Mm-hmm. And so just articulating what you need to the people in your life is huge. And you had the wisdom to see that, I think. I think that um, 
comes with age, just being able Mm -hmm. to say, this is what I need. And I know my people are willing to do it because I know I would do it for them. And so, and it's just the most beautiful thing to see like God's church and his design of community to just like show up and say, we're getting through this together. Like we're doing it all together. Mm-hmm. Now, Emma, you had, um, and I didn't know this was going on at that time, but you had some some postpartum stuff going on after Dottie Lou and, um, and just some more like 20 something stuff like comparison with friends and things. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I don't want to poo poo on my OB. <laughs> but I guess I am going to just for a half a second. I didn't really get a very clear example when I was leaving the hospital of postpartum depression can look like this. Postpartum anxiety can look like this. She was just like, after six weeks, if you don't feel like yourself, call me. And I was like, okay, well, we hit the six week mark and I'm like, I'm still not sleeping. And I, I don't know. I'm leaking milk everywhere. I don't feel like myself, but I'm <laughs> yeah, that's sure everyone is not feeling like themselves <laughs> at this point. I don't know what to compare to. Like, <laughs> I think I'm doing fine. I think it's fine. Well, along with that, I was having like, I was waking up in the middle of the night and going into Dottie's room and checking that her windows were locked because I was certain that someone was going to come through the window and abduct her. And I did not realize that that was postpartum anxiety, that worrying that blankets were going to fall on top of her. Um, I don't know why I'm going to get all upset about it. It's okay now. I figured it out. Um, But I felt kind of helpless. And Thomas was like, uh, uh, (laughs) I'm 22 and and you're concerned about our kid being abducted. And that's unreasonable. (laughs) I don't know how to help you. And he would just be like, um, do you, do you want to do something about this? I don't know what you need. And I was like, no, like, this is just what being a protective parent is like. Like, you're just very alert. And he was kind of like, okay, okay, I guess. Like, what? We've never had a kid before. He's just like, we're taking our cues from each other. And one day, I guess I told mom, I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I still get up in the night. And I'm like, I check her window. And you were like, how long has that been happening? <laughs> and I was like, oh, months. Yeah, months. And you were like, okay, sweetie, that that's not really right. <laughs> what else are you thinking? And then I was like, oh, these are all the signs of postpartum anxiety. I tend towards being anxious. Um, and in that change, like lots of people do. Yeah, I had um, postpartum anxiety, which I then was like, okay, I'm going to like start being more cognizant. I'm going to do some things that I know can alleviate that that have in the past and if it doesn't get better within x amount of weeks i'm going to the doctor um and so with being more aware and with my community coming around me i did not need to go on any medication although i was willing to if i couldn't sure if it would not level out um that's just being a good parent to my child i think i'm I'm pushing you out of the microphone because we're sharing sorry about that um yeah, and I think that was when you're young, maybe okay, you hadn't had an experience of having a child before, there's that, but you're very strong. Like you you have a lot of reserves. And so I was shocked that you didn't even call me because we have a really good relationship where I feel like you can tell me stuff. And so you were just powering through. And so I just want to encourage the 20 something year old moms out there like, don't just, don't power through. That was my mistake too. I did mm-hmm. it at 27. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to white knuckle your way through those 
any season of parenthood, but especially as you're getting your feet under you. Right. There's plenty of folks out there willing to help you and to share their experiences. But you didn't have that group of friends, of girlfriends. Yeah, there there was no other 20-something who I could call and go, so how often do you check your kid's window at <laughs> night? Or do you double strap your kid into the Target car seat so no one steals them out of it, you know? But also there was some level of like, I think at every age when you have a child, people are going to tell you like the negative angle oh, sure. of yeah. having a child at that age. Just like, can I speak to Christians? As a Christian society, can we stop doing that? <laughs> it's really awful. Children are a blessing from God. But I was really wanting to prove some people wrong. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, I'm not <laughs> that is such a good help. point. I'm going to prove you wrong. Such you a said a lot of nasty things when I was having this baby, and I'd like to prove you wrong. Yeah. Oh, now I'm mad at a bunch of people for making my kid suffer <laughs> right. like that. That's so ugly. It's it's true. When you when both our kids married young and a lot of Christians discouraged them in that, mm-hmm. you know, people told them they should move in together. People told them they were throwing their lives away. People and and the same with children and that is a terrible terrible narrative yeah. to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Need to be- Stop dumping your baggage on everybody else. Pos- Go to the counselor. Positive and <laughs> optimistic about stuff. Yes. Uh, um let's shift a little bit to um money. <laughs> when you're 20 something and you're just starting out, you typically don't have a lot of it. You guys in their 30s, mm-hmm. more stable, right? You have more resources to draw from. And where you're at, Stephanie, by the time you had Maisie, um, I just feel like just logically having a child later, and this is probably why a lot of people wait, are waiting mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. Um, because they say what well, costs a lot to raise a kid today, especially if you're going to put them through college and all the other stuff. You need to get your feet under you and get your education and career started and get some money in the bank before you can... Um, you know, securely do that. So did you, was that even a factor at all? And, and B, (laughs) um, I would think too, that like when you're younger, like you, Emma, um, like we were too, we couldn't afford a sitter. So you didn't have the nights out and the breaks and the things like that. But now in your, like now we can now as a, as grandparents or whatever, let's go. Right. So in your, as you are older and have children later, you can have more time for sitters and vacations and things like that. What say you? That I've noticed a huge difference <laughs> in that. Um, the first children, we had no money for anything. And everything was a do-it-yourself project. No no time or no money. We could either spend the money on the actual activity we were going to go do or the sitter, but never both. <laughs> so Same. The exact yes. same thing, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. So it just never happened. Or we would, what, well, let me rephrase. Uh, we would find different ways of having fun. And there's blessing in that too. So like our family would camp a mm. lot, like with the kids, we'd go camping, which is, you know, we don't camp anymore because <laughs> we have the money <laughs> preach to pay for a nice soft bed and food that other people prepare, you know, and, <laughs> um, but there's blessing in in yeah. um, struggling through that. There's blessing in having to do everything yourself. There's blessing uh, just not being able to buy every toy that you want to yeah. buy your child. That's a good point too. Um, so now you I can have do to, that when you're me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're a grandma. Yep. Now I have to. Now the check is okay. 
that's just ridiculous. I need to stop, you know, but before mm. it was, I would see something and know they, they actually need it, but we couldn't. And mm. that was hard. Um, but there are blessings from that. So I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't think one's better than the other, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. It's just the how. It, I think you're, I just think that's so true. David and I look back on raising our two and um, everything was a do it yourself project. And there were no vacations like all our friends were taking. Mm-hmm. And we loved the memories of the road trips we took to grandma's house. And, and it, it's, it was such a sweet, sweet time together. All those hours in the car and mm-hmm. all the things that we did. And you're right. It's just a different set of um, parameters. I'm reining myself in. This first year, I went ridiculous. <laughs> Wild. That is true. There was an entire <laughs> roll of wrapping paper that got used up from just Dottie Lou's presence on her first birthday. Yeah. And I was reacting to that, to not being able to buy my kids um, new things. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was fun, but it wasn't as fun as I'd built it up to be mm. in my 20s, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids don't care. We did consignment sales and yard sales and all that stuff. And they don't, they don't care what they're wearing. It was no. more, it was more yeah. me for, for sure. But Danielle, I know you have, you take issue with the camping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We camp like... Um, probably at least two weekends for 10 months out of the year. Like we have a camper and we love to do it. And um, it's good stuff. On purpose. Yes. No, on purpose. (laughs) But we do have a soft bed. Like I have my own bed that I sleep in. So as far as money goes, we are definitely more stable than when we first started out. Um, But I have to say that my husband is incredibly frugal. Um, He works for the state and then I stay at home with our kids. And... um, He's constantly like picking up side jobs with helping friends do projects that they need to do. And I have a side little business that I do too, um, that I can do after the kids go to bed. And so, um, but it does feel good. Like even though we're extremely frugal, we're able to put back and it feels really nice um, to know that if the kids genuinely do need something that we can take care of that. And I don't think we would have been able to say that 10 years ago. Mm. And I, I do want to just echo, because I live life with you pretty closely. You mm-hmm. guys do a great job of living below your means. And I see the um, the peace mm-hmm. is the word I'm looking for. The peace that comes with that. That there's not this constant strain um, because you have decided, hey, here's our bucket and we're not living outside of that. Mm-hmm. And we're even actually going to set stuff aside. And it's just a beautiful gift you give yourselves. So if you're listening to this and you're you're thinking, I can't do that I can't stay home like I always say put everything on the table mm-hmm. you're the grown up in the room and everything's negotiable and you went through that you you talked even D- Dustin talked okay do I need to go to work what are we going to mm-hmm. do these few years y'all talked that out yeah we did and um I have to give the credit to my husband on that because he grew up with a um within their home money was just like okay we're going to have a good view of money we're going to let it work for us we're going to choose to do the right thing with our money and that was not my experience so he's really like pulled me along on that and I'm grateful for that and um yeah it's it's made the difference in our marriage to where we're not like stressed all the time about money and we're able to actually enjoy things with our children yeah. All right, and Emma, because this is a big, we, you and I have had some big conversations about this. Young women who are pursuing career and are just kind of really wondering, like, how does, a, how does a family fit into that? How do I fit a kid into that? And they look at you and 
and think, oh, y'all must make a ton of money. <laughs> so what's it like being young 20s with a child and the money situation? I do think that it's funny. Um, I primarily stay home with Dottie. Thomas works full time. I work one day a week as a tutor at a um, homeschool tutorial, which is as glamorous as it sounds. So like not a big (laughs) moneymaker. I do love to do it though. And so people I think do look at us and imagine that we make a lot more than we do just because um, we have decided that it's best for our family if I stay home with Dottie. Um, And it's not really our my place or Thomas and I's place to prove them wrong, (laughs) show them a paycheck or a pay stub. But it does make it a little bit difficult when I want to go like, no, we're actually sacrificing things Mm -hmm. to live this lifestyle. That has been an adjustment, I would say. Um, I have like mid-20s, people are getting their master's. People are like making major life decisions and kind of picking what track they're going to go on. And I have felt good about what track Thomas and I are on until I've seen other people pick different tracks. Mm, Yeah, I felt the same. (laughs) And so then I started to question Mm -hmm. the choices we made. Why am I so emotional? Well, that's actually, I'm very blue. You can go listen to that podcast. (laughs) That's actually the perfect answer as to why. Um, And so there has been a level of, wait, am I making the right decision? Mm -hmm. Our family cannot do X, Y, or Z. But actually, like, we could if we made different choices. So what I have to remind myself is... What your yes is. Right. right. Yes. And you've said yes to some great things. Yes. Yeah. When you, um, like you said, when you lay everything out on the table, I don't want to trade this for that. Mm -hmm. I love learning. A lot of my friends are getting their master's, which um, is a lot of work and a sacrifice for their family to do. And uh, in some regard, like I'm kind of jealous, like that sounds fun to go do extra learning, um, to grow in that way. But I don't want to trade that for what my life looks like right now. Amen to that. Okay. You can always do it later. That's, I was yeah, just coming to that. The, look at the woman across the table from you. <laughs> just coming to that. I, um, same thing when I first had mine, a friend of mine um, who ended up not ever having children by choice um, was literally traveling the world. And it was the advent of social media. And I was just beginning to fall into that and seeing her pictures. And she was writing me letters. And here's where I am today. And I'm thinking, well, and she'd gone and gotten her PhD and she'd done all the things. And I've changed like, my fifth poopy diaper today. Yes. You have a great time in France. Yes, that's exactly where I was like, <laughs> what is my life right now at 20 something? And what is her life? And of course you're going to compare, right? But the other end of that coin is, and I, I kind of want to shift into this timeline and that'll be our, our ending, but um, you have children early. And depending on how many you have, maybe if you don't have 12, I don't know about this, but your end point of that when you're quote unquote done, which you never really are, um, you're a lot younger and freer with your money and capable and hopefully healthy to go and then do those things and to go get your PhD when you're, you know, almost 50. I didn't start writing books and doing all the things that I wanted to do until after mine had left home. And I thought, well, now I've got all the things that I wanted to have then. Um, so the opposite of that coin is you have children later and then how old are you when they're graduating? <laughs> you yeah. know, you, your, yeah. your timeline 
kind of gets crunched. So I don't know about you, Danielle. You're kind of right where you're, right in the middle where it all um, kind of I, works I out. I had good but, before and I'm hoping for good after yeah. and it, it'll be fine. Yeah. I do want to say like Thomas, I kind of feel like I left Thomas out of this and made it sound like I'm just like paddling out in this big ocean of comparison on my own. But really like he has been so validating in the choices that we've made, which has mm. been so sweet. And there are not a lot of 20 something men who would look at their wife staying home and going, you're doing the harder job. Yeah. You're doing the really mm-hmm. great work. Um, and he does that regularly. I'm really grateful for that. Shout out. It makes all us. the difference. <laughs> it, it sure really does. does. Yeah, it sure does. So can you talk about that, Stephanie? You're like, you know, your oldest ones are now in college and your third is what grade? He's, He's a uh, freshman in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, and you have a kindergartner. Yes. So your tunnel had almost ended. Like you were seeing the light at the end of that <laughs> tunnel as far as being done. And then Maisie comes along, who's this whole other gift and, you know, opportunity at life and, and seeing things anew. Um, but that means that while your older ones are launched, um, she's still at home. You've still got work to do. Yeah. So what does your empty nest look like? It's not empty. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and it's it's also the weirdest thing is all the people I was close to are empty nesters now, right? Um, and then and then I'm just in a whole different world. Like it's not even like I won't lie. There are days where I think, "Wow, I could be done right now." Like <laughs> you know, um, but for the most part. Um, but you wouldn't trade that. Of course I wouldn't, you wouldn't never, trade it. I wouldn't trade it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just can't even really um, mentally go there. Like, it, it doesn't... Right. It's not good. It's not possible. Uh-huh. I mean, not, not that it's not good. It's, it is, you know, but it's just, like, I can't imagine it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, um, that does bother me that I'm going to be pretty old on her graduation day or, um, or her wedding day. Um, that does bother me. But, you know, it is what it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you have a child, was it, did they say seven years? And it's mm-hmm. like having an only yes. child. She's an only child. Yeah. So she she's really going to do life with you and your husband <clears throat> in ways your other three will never. Oh, yeah. Know. She has a complete, completely different set of parents in every way. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I stayed home with them and now I work. Um, we have money now. We didn't then. Um, and I told, I told my oldest Hannah that she got the beta version of the parents. Like (laughs) she she helped us work out the kinks and because the older two look at how we parent the youngest one and they're like, what, you know, (laughs) you would never let me do that. And, um, there's a lot of that. Yeah. But <laughs> I've wondered about that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm can, they're your children. They're adults. Yeah. Those two are adults and they can look at you and they know, like you know, they know how you were and how you are and they yeah, really they see do. the growth. I think that would be aside from the, Hey, why didn't I get to do that? <laughs> oh, they're, they're mostly joking. It I, would think. Be, I mean, <laughs> it would be really cool to see your parents evolve yeah. and, and um, grow that mm-hmm. we never stop growing. We're always learning yeah. and we're changing mm-hmm. and, by God's grace, in, you know, into the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. yeah and and I getting, was, they're getting to watch you do it. Yes. And they have zero pressure from me to have children. So to, to produce grandchildren. Oh, <laughs> so <it>. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. Good for them. I've, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. 
Well, this has been rich. We could, I could go on. I've got more questions I could go on, but we need to, to wrap it up. Um, any final words y'all would like to share with our moms who are listening um, that we didn't hit? I just hope that um, if you guys take away anything, it would be that there is good and bad to having children in any decade. And you, it's just what would work best for your family. And, um, but it's going to be really good no matter when you do it. Agreed. Yeah. I also agree. Yeah. It's beautiful at any stage and it's just different. Mm -hmm. And just embracing like whatever that stage is, is really the best way to enjoy it. And it's going to change you no matter what age, no matter how many you already have. Amen (laughs) to that. I'm so grateful for the changes Mm -hmm. that God worked in me through motherhood. It's beautiful. Yep. For sure. Well, thank you for giving us your time. Y'all are beautiful, wise women. Um, We'll have resources. Um, mm-hmm. at least that book I mentioned and maybe some other things right. on our website, just ask and you can follow us on Facebook at just ask your mom and on Instagram at just ask your mom podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of the nicest things you can do for a podcast, if you love it is to subscribe and leave a review. Um, it puts us up in the ratings and gives us some of those, um, bonus points. So we'd love for you to do that and you can e- get each new Monday episode. If you have questions or topics, suggestions, please email us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Your Mom. Mom.